Welcome back to the Tape Store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And we are happy to be back and unexpectedly decided um, that we would continue mm -hmm. in the X-Files universe, which I don't think we quite expected to enjoy. Right. Jumping back in like this. Right. I mean, I knew we would like it. Yeah, it's of not course. that and we've do we've do other like little mini series like this. But I don't know, what, there's something about this one though. What we mentioned last week was that it was really like we were watching these for the first time again like we had rediscovered this. Yeah, they're just so good. And they really are timeless. I feel like if this came out today, it would be just as good, you know. I think people go crazy over it if it came out if it were brand new now. No, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. And I, I just want to mention before we get into the next episode, because what we've decided to do was go right into episode two of season one. Right. And that episode <clears throat> is called Deep Throat. Now, this episode is also a part of the truth story arc, as yes, we call it. right. The truth story arc is what we've named it. I, I don't know if other people refer to it as that, but the first episode, the pilot episode, was part of the truth story arc because it was the beginning. Right, of course. We kind of had to set some set some backstory. And Deep Throat is also part of this truth story arc. And Deep Throat deals with the military and the whole UFO yeah, controversy. airspace kind of thing. Yeah, and I want to talk about a couple things that I did, you know, in high school that were that that this episode made me think of, there were two books that I would constantly check out from the library when I was in 10th grade. I was mm -hmm. 15. And when I was 15, this is 1995, X-Files was, I mean, it was trucking. It was in its heyday. Yeah, it was just chugging along, really continuing to grow in the height of its oh, popularity. For sure. And there were two books that I would always, well, not two books. There was one book, excuse me, I said two books. Mm -hmm. There was one book <laughs> I would always check out one book I would always consistently check out from the library. It was called, and it was it was from the series that Time Life did called Mysteries oh. of the Unknown. Ooh. Yeah, Mysteries of the Unknown. And there was, and what Mysteries of the Unknown was, it was a series of books about just different mysteries. Right. And unknown things that would happen that, that you know. Or unexplainable. Or, yeah, unexplainable or have this controversy of did it happen, we don't know. And one of the books from the, the, um, the Time Life collection, Mysteries of the Unknown, was called The UFO Phenomenon. <laughs> Perfect. It, it is still to this day, honestly, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, why have we not ordered this book and gotten it? <laughs> it is. It was one of my favorite books of all time. I would constantly check it out and constantly take it home and just read through it. And one of the things that, that it talks about was Project Blue Book. Okay. So what Project Blue Book was, was... A series of investigations and studies done by the United States Air Force on oh. on UFOs. So I've never it, heard of this. Right, it was a big deal because you know when we talk about people and and we see this in the X Files, we're going to see it in this episode. Right, these people that believe in UFOs and stuff, they're almost looked at as kooky. Yeah, oh yeah, oh, even for sure. Fox Mulder is referred to as Spooky Mulder because he he puts stock in in paranormal things. Right. Well, Project Blue Book was a big deal because. It was the United States government, the military, the Air Force right. particularly, taking on the question of, is there anything to these UFO sightings? Right. 
That's and, pretty cool that it's like yeah. that's an actual book that's not yeah. just kind of made up. Yeah, Project Blue Book. And it, and the UFO Phenomenon book talked about that a lot, cool. Project Blue Book. And I thought that was the coolest thing <laughs> that, oh, my gosh, the government has taken this thing on. And, and it led for me my senior year to write a paper on UFOs. That's so cool. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I did. I'm telling you. Fox Mulder you was like. baby Mulder. Yeah. He was like my hero in high school. So just let me give a quick outline. And I'm, I'm having Wikipedia help me out a little bit. But Project Blue Book was, again, a study on UFOs by the U.S. Air Force. It had two goals. To determine if UFOs were a threat to national security. Okay. And to analyze UFO-related data. Interesting. And this began in 1952. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Right. I was not prepared for that far back. And according to Wikipedia... Uh, I was thinking 80s or yeah, something. The activity officially ceased on Project Blue Book on in 1970, January 19th, okay. 1970. And after thousands of reports, after all this you know, analysis and, and investigation, they found out three things. Number okay. one, Scully would love this. <laughs> no UFO reported, investigated, and evaluated by the Air Force was ever an indication of a threat to national security. Okay. Two, there was no evidence submitted to or discovered by the Air Force that sightings categorized as unidentified represented technological advancements, uh, developments, or principles beyond the range of modern scientific knowledge, which means there was no evidence that, that these sightings represented things that were I'll beyond... Have a higher order. Yeah, or beyond yeah. scientific explanation. Gotcha. Three, there was no evidence indicated that the sightings uh, of UFOs were extraterrestrial vehicles. Okay. So... Definitely sounds like a... Yeah, so it sounds like something that, that Scully would be writing at the end of right. an episode. <laughs> yeah. It really does. Definitely. So this episode that we're talking about this week really connects to that. You know, uh, this... Yeah, be, be, it's, that's, it is definitely... Because, you know, spoiler alert, we're dealing with UFOs in this episode, <laughs> but we're also dealing with the military. Yeah. And, you know, and the controversy... The, how the military, the part the military plays in the yeah, because there's there's of course the United States government, the the FBI, which they're their own tight lipped type of thing, but the right. military, that is like a yeah. whole other ball game yeah. where it comes to the things that they conceal right. within themselves. Well, and the thing about the military is they do conceal a lot for good reason. Yes, no, I mean I'm not saying it's bad, which, but which um, makes which makes Scully's argument against Mulder in this episode really easy because she's mm -hmm. like, look, of course the military is going to cover up certain things. We don't need to know everything, and yeah. we don't want things to get leaked out to other governments and things. But this episode really made me think about those things. I wanted to talk about that for a minute. <laughs> you know, Project Blue Book. Yes, want to put that in your brain so you're and, thinking and, about it. And if you're listening, look it up. Time Life. Mysteries of the Unknown, the UFO phenomenon. I'm telling you, that is a good book if you are into UFOs. And now I think I'm going to have to look for it and see if I can find it secondhand. Or that something. yes, that is code for it. It's going to happen as soon as we're done. Recording. Oh, I remember the commercials when I was a kid. I, I, <laughs> I loved the commercial. We got to okay. All right. All when, right. When we get done, a fire has been lit. Right here we go. Okay, so as we said, Deep Throat, the second episode of the first season of the X Files. All right. Let's jump in. Are you ready? I am ready. All right. So. The opening, we have the the classic, you know, courier font. Where we, what we see is a shot of like a house in a residential area. Right. We are near Ellen's Air Base in southwest Idaho. We are immediately taken into an intense situation. Uh, we see these uh, military police swarm this house, like they're raiding it. Yeah. And as they're like kind of doing their thing, you know, establishing a perimeter, this frantic woman rushes past the tape and, and the barricades, claiming it's her house. 
She's stopped by an officer who seems to know her. He calls her Mrs. Budahas mm-hmm. and informs her that her husband has violated base security procedure. He is commandeer- commandeered a military vehicle and is believed to be armed. They use a battering ram, and, you know, and she's outside scared, you know. Yeah, she's freaked out. Well, they bust in, and they find Mr. Budahas, and he does not appear to be threatening at all. No. No. He is in one of the rooms, sitting in a corner, shaking uncontrollably. He's wearing only his underwear. Yeah. And his body is covered in what appears to be severe burns. Yes. Wouldn't you say those look like burns? Yeah, they look like burns for sure. I think I think those, what was... We were prepared for when we hear he's armed, he's he's commandeered a you know, you know, a, a, an aircraft. Um and then when they come in, the guy's face Yeah. When he sees him, he's this is like not, appalled. Yeah, this is not he's And we're it's like you know, the audience is not prepared yeah, for that reaction. Right. As with the last uh last week's episode or as with the first episode, the pilot, mm-hmm. uh the cold opening gives us this question. What the heck is going on? Right. But what's beautiful about this one is yes. we get the intro. Yes. We literally, when we watched it, we went, yes! We were just like, it's so, it's time. So Brooke, a little bit about Brooke here. Oh, dear. Uh, uh, music runs into her uh, veins. It's like a part of her soul. <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> love mu- I love music. Music's a big deal to me. Uh, we're both kind of musicians, right? Yes, we We've are. Done some we stuff. are musicians. But I always, side hustle. I always refer to Brooke as being... Kind of in a different plane with music than even I <laughs> we, am. I grew up in a, a musical family. We're kind of Von Trappy, if you will. My mom sings, right. my dad, everybody. So. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, I, I remember when I first met Brooke, and it was like it was like <laughs> I know that a was variety a... show. <laughs> so sorry. I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> I know it's just it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> no, it was good. I mean, I was kind of like, what the heck? Yes. This is not what happened. I, you know, this is not ever what happened in my family. Yeah, all the little ditty bops that we that you hear from the tape store, they're usually composed here. Yes, Brooke does the music. Uh, you know, she she takes things, of course, inspired from shows and stuff, and she, she does that, and it's pretty amazing. It's fantastic. So we do appreciate that. But why I'm saying this is because... Any kind of show that we love, the music is always something that Brooke's like, oh, where is it, you know? <laughs> it's and, true. And the X-Files has this great theme. Yes. Right? So we get the we get the montage of the different kind of uh, strange um, images. Yeah, paranormal. Paranormal. Yeah. Government denies knowledge. Yes. All to this really eerie... Dun, yeah. Na, na. Yeah, oh yeah. So I think they kept that intro for a long time. It really... Yeah, I don't remember it not being there. They changed it, it. Did they, they change it? Uh, later seasons, they kind of updated I, it a little bit. But I, I did fall off. I fell away a little bit in the in the later seasons, so I think I might yeah. have missed that change. But no, the intro is iconic and haunting. Yeah, creepy. You know, definitely gives you that sense of dread and mystery and curiosity that this show really is based on. And I on. love, and I was I remarked tonight when we kind of reviewed some of it, I love the grainy, like, 90s look. Yeah, it does. It's yeah. not clear at all. But even and the I love t- it. But, but the type font, like the X and and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it, that really beckons from the time we. I I think we kind of talked about which was th- this you know top secret you know yeah the, the Project Blue Book these old the nineteen milit- fifties pretty much Arca- which the archaic true type font you know. But that makes sense because you know you think of it when you think of aliens, one of the first things you think of is Roswell. Of course. So it. It should, you know, recall yeah. all of those things that we've been taught since we were kids. But X Files so. just really brilliantly captured that. Yeah, they really captured without it actually and, ever and, and referencing any of that ever. I know it's great. Ah, they're so, geniuses. Yeah. Sorry, it's so good. So we see uh, the the great X Files intro. Yes. Okay, 
And then we are taken after the intro to Washington, D.C., where we're in like a restaurant, like a bar and grill type thing in Washington. And amidst the backdrop of these people being very social and having a good time, we have a very serious and a pinstripe suit, a very serious looking Scully. Yes. Not, she is, she's like, one of these things is not like the other. She's right. like, they did a she great job. Be here. Yeah. <laughs> she's only there because Mulder said to yeah. meet her there. Mulder comes up from behind her and says, hey, let's get a table. You well, know. she comes up behind her rather like, yeah, rather he's, close. Yeah, he's pretty smooth. Right. I'm here for Even it. if that's not his, I don't, you know. I don't care. It's, it, for, to I think me, Mulder is just I'm a always ready, I'm ready for it and I will wait. Yeah, I think he's just, he is 100% full-on, like, you know, nerd, geeky, but also incredibly charming. David Duchovny really played such a great dichotomy. Yeah. Mulder's just such an interesting guy. I think he was geeky, but I think in this arena, he is at the top of his game. Oh, he is. So he can be cool in his nerdiness. again, which was why I love the show, because I'm like, he's into all that stuff, and I think he's so cool. Yes. Like, I, too, am a nerd. Right. I shall rise to my I don't. I, I, I did not carry it like David Duchovny did in high school. Right, but who did? Uh, nobody. I right. I don't know. So as they go get a table, you know, he, he, he you know, tells Scott, let's get a drink, let's get a table, and talk to you. And as they go get a table, we find that they are being watched by an unknown older man <laughs> played by actor Jerry Harden. We're going to find out who he is. I know. That just sounds funny. I'm sorry. This happens all the time in the X-Files. There's these... People, I, I call yeah. them, I call them specters. We've already met one. Yes, that was the smoking man. The sm- the cigarette smoking man. Yeah, and this is another one. Another specter. Yeah, another specter. We're going to talk about him a little later again. So at the table, Scully's looking at a file that Mulder's given her, where we see a picture of the man from the opening who was covered in burns. Yes, his name is Colonel Robert Budahas. So he's a colonel. So he's high ranking in the yeah. Airport. He's not a nobody. He was a test pilot stationed at Ellen's Air Base. Which, you know, as we know, was where where we began. began. Mulder explains to Scully the incident that we saw in real time at the opening of the show had happened four months previous. So this is four months later. The MPs were called in. uh, They treated Budahas. And now the military refuses to comment on Budahas or the incident. In fact, it's like they... they, It's like it didn't happen. They took him in for treatment and then nothing. Yeah. Scully still doesn't understand what's strange about this. Right. Mulder adds that Budahas hasn't been released since he was taken by the MPs for treatment. So not only are they not commenting, Budahas has not come home for four months. He's just right. There's gone. Obviously something is wrong. Despite the fact that his wife is making pleas, like, where is my husband? Yeah, she she's this, you know, she's the squeaky wheel. She's not just lying down for it. She, after not being able to get anything from the military base, yeah. has contacted the FBI and reported it a kidnapping. She's desperate. Yeah. This is how Mulder has heard about it. Mulder's done his homework, too, as we know. As is custom. When he brings anything to Scully, he has... He's already thoroughly researched Thoroughly it. researched it inside out. He has found that since 1963, six pilots have been listed as missing in action at Ellen's Air Base, never seen again. Hmm. The only thing the military says about these men is that they accepted the risks of flying experimental aircraft. Now, experimental aircraft in the military, that that's something that, even without... Acknowledgement of UFOs. No, that's or a aliens. thing. That's a thing. Yeah, and you do, and you do accept certain risks. Sure. Do. Yeah, but, absolutely. But I mean, I mean, we even look at the guys like in the space program. You know, my dad oh, is, a, yeah. is a is a massive space. You know, he loves NASA. All those guys were incredibly brave. 
You know, oh, yeah, because uh, you were really signing on for the unknown. You can right. prepare for a certain amount of things, but not for everything. Right. So Scully is like, well, yeah, okay. You know, and she's always at the ready with this plausible explanation. And yeah. she, she asserts that she heard that these men, that the six men that he's talking about, mm-hmm. were shot down violating Russian airspace. Ah. Well, you got to think, if, if, if six men have been mm-hmm. missing since 63, this is the height of the Cold War. Yeah, Mulder, that's true. Mulder responds, there are <laughs> other rumors, too. Yes, of course. It's M- true Mulderian fashion. What has disturbed Mulder is that Colonel Budahas' case has been deprioritized, which right. means they, they don't want it at the top of the stack. No. They want that, it to go away. And that he and Scully are going to Idaho to investigate what's going on at Ellen's Air Base. They're the going Spud State. Yeah. They're going to investigate the disappearance of Colonel Budahas. Mulder excuses himself to use the restroom, and while he's washing his hands, he you know, it, it does that classic camera technique. Yeah, he, where he puts water on his face. Yeah, it pans down, he puts water on his face, and when the camera pans back <laughs> up, behind him is the strange man the who was watching the Spectre. Because it, it does kind of have like a ghost story movie like oh, feel. Well, there's several of these throughout the whole show, and they're yeah. all incredibly just they're so mysterious and they're played so well. Yeah. So it startles Mulder. He turns around, you know, and the man tells Mulder ominously to leave this case alone. He adds that the military will not tolerate a federal investigation. Now, understand in the first episode, they were dealing with local law enforcement. Right. The the medical examiner and and that detective were covering up what was going on with these with these the kids in the class yes, of eighty nine. Even though the government did intervene eventually. Yeah, they did. Once it yeah, once it was starting once Mulder was starting yeah. to yeah. But their ultimate their ultimate dealings were with the local but, law enforcement. But this man is telling Mulder like you are dealing with the United States military. Yeah. That's big time. He also tells Mulder that he can help him. That he follows Mulder's work and he knows a great deal about what goes on in the government. And basically he seems to be saying, look, I can help you, but y- you need to listen to me. Yeah, you like, need to back off this one. Yeah. Mulder asks uh, who he works for, to which the guy doesn't answer, of course. And once again warns Mulder to drop the case before leaving and disappears. I mean, he walks out of the bathroom yeah. and Mulder comes out. And of course out, Mulder's like, I can't do that. Yeah, right. We then move to FBI headquarters where Scully is working late at the good old microfish. Remember that? You remember the microfish, right? Oh, yeah. We had to use it a few times. I think I'd use it in college, yeah. maybe. But th- th- you know, this was the thing to do to to look at old newspapers and stuff. I never, I've never used one. I've always wanted to because they, I've yeah. seen them in movies and thought they were they so cool. They slide through, and you're able to look at the old newspapers. I've newspaper never too. had the the need or occasion to. Yeah, when I was a young, uh, budding associate's degree student, a young at, buck. Ju- at junior college, I oh, used it a I few remember times. junior college. Well, Scully's on the microfish and surmises that Mulder thinks the case is related to UFOs. So she's reading this and she's like, Mulder, what are you doing? So she right. calls him. Frustrated. She's like, this is a UFO thing you're doing. You're bringing me into. <laughs> That's a UFO thing. Uh, but before Mulder can say anything, he hears like this clicking sound on the phone. Yeah. And he knows. We Again, all know what that Mulder is. Mulder is quite clever. So he looks out the window. And apparently whoever's surveilling Mulder isn't clever. He looks out the window. No. And there's a van and there's a dude They're just looking. They're not good at their job. looking at him like. Well, yep, I'm spying. Mulder checks his window. He notices the van, you know, and he he says, you know, I'll talk about this tomorrow. You know, he dismisses Scully. He says, we'll talk about it on the plane. He gets off the phone. He, you know, he can't talk on that line. So, so knowing that they're on this case, they're already picking up some heat. Yeah. He should have taken that cue right then because it's already right. marketing back this to is, what this person is. But said. this is Fox Mulder we're talking about. Well, yeah. Southwest Idaho. Upon arrival, Mulder and Scully meet with Mrs. Budaha. She's very sad. She's very scared. And she talked about when her husband started doing this work as a test pilot, he started getting a strange rash. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it started two years before his disappearance. And he began going through mood swings mm-hmm. and doing weird stuff like eating fish food. Yeah. And the problem was is that, you know, they couldn't seek treatment because his work was top secret, so he couldn't talk to yeah, a he therapist. Really, he really couldn't, yeah. Th- he could do nothing about this. Right. Mulder has asked if they if this has happened to anyone else, and she and to their surprise, Mrs. Budaha said yes. This has happened to a woman named Verla McLennan. It's happened to her husband, who not only went through the same thing as as Robert Budahas, but he got to come home. And and when she says, "Well, he got to come home," Mulder's like, "Let's go check this guy yeah, out." Yeah, because let's see what came home. So they go see. They go to the McLennan home. We find Mr. McLennan. Yeah. Making fly fishing lures with his own hair. He's sitting there and he's just kind of, you know, putting together fly fishing lures is a very, very uh, meticulous, intricate process. Right. But he's like using his own hair. He's pulling hair out of his head. That's weird. For sure. He's acting strange. And he's displaying signs really that he's had some kind of mental break. Yes. And his wife seems totally oblivious. Why? She's like, in her mind, it's like, look, you know, my husband serves this country. He knew the risks, and we're just happy to have him home. You know, he's yeah. a pilot. He's a test pilot. You know that this this stuff happens. She's just happy that he's yeah, home. Yeah, she's and, very, and she's very like set in that rhetoric. She seems almost delusional. I found my happy place, and I'm staying here. Yeah, yeah. Come hell or high water, because pretty much. It, because you know, a hus for her husband to act that way. I mean, I feel like it's just not normal. And what's surprising too is that she's mad at Miss Budahas yep. for referring Mulder and Scully to her. And as they leave, Scully claims that McLennan's going through what is known as stereotypy, stereotypy a condition brought about by extreme stress. I think mm. she's right. Yeah, there. she's definitely right. I she's think, usually but, right but on that kind of stuff. I think it's the reasons of the extreme stress that where we're going to see her and Mulder split. Yeah. She further claims that McLennan and Budahas are likely test piloting experimental surveillance aircraft and washed out because they couldn't handle it. Mm. Scolder. Uh, Scolder. <laughs> <laughs> That's their couple names. Goldberg. Oh, really? Is it? it? I mean, it could be. It, it pro- probably is already. I can't imagine. It definitely sounds better than. I like mean, some- Mully doesn't sound yeah, good. No. So, Mulder disagrees. <laughs> as Budahas and McLennan were highly, McLennan were highly decorated pilots. In fact, uh, Budahas particularly got a presidential commendation. Mm. It, th- these were the best of the best. These guys don't wash out of anything. No. If you're, they, in the pr- they've made it to that spot yeah, because if the pres- they yeah. don't. If the president of the United States has given you a medal, you are not a washout. No. So he's saying, come on, Scully. These guys were like the top gun. Yeah. You know? They were the Iceman and Maverick, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mulder and Scully return to their hotel and are routed by the military when they try to make inquiries by phone. You know, they're trying to call just to set up an appointment to just ask some questions. Yeah. And, and one was like one particular colonel, Colonel Kissel. <laughs> Kissel. Yeah, I know. Colonel Kissel said, I'll meet you a week from Friday. In other words, they're like, mm-hmm. like yeah, you, I'll meet you in two weeks. Right. You know? Undaunted, Mulder decides to pay Kissel a visit. He looks him up in the phone book. Remember those days? Golly, yeah. Remember when you could look people up in the phone book? And you know, I did. Many you a time. Up, you call like like That's you, how prank calls were born or, in my Or if home. you had a friend at school, you know, you just yep. look him up. Be like, hey, what's up, man? Like Smith, Smith, Smith. Yeah, oh, right. there you are. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Well, they get to Kissel's house, and he's like, I don't want to talk to you guys. He's not having it. He yeah. goes into his house without answering one question, and this is when they're approached by a very friendly Almost too friendly. Yeah, too peppy. Too peppy, too jovial, too just way too nice. Uh, they're they're approached by this guy named Paul Mosinger. Because he says he's a reporter, right? Yeah, he says he works for the local paper, Paul Mosinger. 
And he's very nice. He's like, hey, what are you guys doing? Hey, how's it going? Uh, So what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He asks if they're getting anywhere on their investigation. Mulder's like, you know, no, I'm not giving you any information. But instead, he asks, where might I find some UFO fanatics? And that takes us to the Flying Saucer. (laughs) Which is this like UFO. Yeah, I guess Mosinger refers Mulder and Scully to this UFO-themed diner. And while they're eating there, they strike up a conversation with the waitress. And Mulder notices a series of pictures of UFOs. And one particular one that the waitress points out is a triangular-shaped UFO, mm-hmm. like in the sky. A picture that she said she took from her back porch while taking out the garbage. And she described it as hovering and silent. She offers to sell the picture to Mulder for 20 bucks, and he takes it. Scully calls Mulder a sucker <laughs> and leaves visibly annoyed. Mulder asks where he might see a UFO, and she gives him a drawn map. And as he comes out of the diner, Scully makes an interesting observation. Ellen's airbase is not on her map, to which Mulder's not surprised. Right. How are they going to find Ellen's Air Force Base if it's not on the map? It's unmarked. True. But he has a drawn map from the waitress. It's it's an interesting part of the storyline, and it's one of those things where when you can't go through normal caveats for information, you go go to the unconventional, which Mulder's always about the fantastic. And so, so... Going through the normal channels is not going to work. Right. You know, so and it he, never generally does. So he gets a, a, a crudely drawn map from a local, and they do make it to the air, uh, yep. the, the air base at, mm-hmm. later that evening. At 6.04 p.m. outside Ellen's air base, Mulder and Scully arrive and find that it's, it's surrounded by a fence, of course, and it's like, you know, stay out. This is a military base, right. all that stuff, all mm-hmm. the warning, caution, don't come in. Mulder gets out and grabs his camera. Of course, Scully is protesting. She actually falls asleep in the car. Hours later at nightfall, (laughs) Scully is sleeping in the car and is awoken when the back window of their car shatters due to the breaking of the sound barrier. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, because it was... Yeah, they're right up on the base. They're they're right up on the base, you know, and and there's an impact when the sound barrier is broken. (laughs) Poor Scully. Mulder appears looking excited as ever. Yes. (laughs) He takes Scully up a small hill where they witness two UFOs. We see them. Yep. Two bright lights zigzagging through the night sky at incredible speed. They are going fast. The time is 9.13 p.m. Scully tries to say that they're lasers since aircraft really can't No, move. they can't go that fast. Yeah. Right after she says this, the two UFOs shoot upward into the clouds and a loud whoosh is heard, even making Scully say, quote, oh my God. Nah. Then a helicopter approaches and Mulder notices two kids right around the same time as a couple things happen. So yeah. we have this helicopter coming and then we see two kids running from the area. They chase them, catch up with the pair. It's a teenage boy and girl. <laughs> One of them is a young Seth Green. Yes. Scott. Baby Seth Green. Yeah, Scott Evil. <laughs> yeah, right. They avoid the helicopter and take the teens out for dinner to question them. As it turns out, these two teens regularly go to this place. Right. To see what they call, quote, the air show. The boy also talks about hearing uh, of a heavily guarded facility called the Yellow Base where they store all this top secret stuff. In a strange turn of events, Mulder pulls out the picture that he bought from the waitress with the triangular-shaped UFO, right. to, to which the boy says, what he has seen at the airbase looks just like that. Mm-hmm. And as they're in the diner, a shadowy figure drives by, surveilling them. So we see like a car drive by, and a person talks on the radio and keeps driving. Yep. Kind of see this outside shot just to let, letting us know. Dramatic irony. Yes, that someone's on to them. After dropping the kids off, Scully scoffs at Mulder for listening to them, citing that they were stoned. 
I mean, they did talk about how they enjoyed their. Uh, I'm sure they were stunned. Recreation whilst watching the air show. No, so, no one, no one is uh, disputing the fact that. Yeah, yeah, pretty sure they were stunned. Seth Green makes a, a pretty funny stoner. Mulder persists, and here we have our first Mulder moment. And this is kind of something we refer to in the tape store with our X Files episodes. Is the Mulder moment is when Mulder gives his assertion, his hypothesis yes, about right. what what is happening in the episode. He has the epiphany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And gives his hypothesis. And it's important to listen to the Mulder moment because it's it's oftentimes true. Yep. 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 At least even if even if he hasn't seen the picture in its entirety, his theory is usually correct. Yeah. So there's two Mulder moments in this episode. And the first one is after they drop the teenagers off, and of course Scully's like, I can't believe you listen to these, you know, stoners. Yeah. Mulder persists. He shows Scully a picture of a UFO that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico, as Aha. you mentioned earlier. Roswell's a big deal. Yes. Because even, that's not an X-Files thing. That's that's in real life. Like, you know, there's still speculation that something happened in Roswell, New Mexico. Yes. That there was a, a UFO that crashed there and the government covered it up. Well, Roswell's like the Times Square of all alien activity. Right. And of course, the X Files is it bases a lot of their mythology off of real life things that, right. that have happened, and Roswell is Makes one of those sense. things, a big deal. Motor shows Scully an alleged picture of the UFO that crashed in Roswell, right? And it looks triangular, mm-hmm. just like the one from the picture he purchased in the diner. According to Motor, supposedly wreckage from that UFO was shipped to six different Air Force bases across the country. Okay, six different military bases. Mm-hmm. And one of these bases, can you guess? Ellen's. Ellen's Air Base. Mulder then gives the first part of his pi- hypothesis that Ellen's Air Base is flying planes built with UFO technology. Right. So hybrid technology we're talking about. Which like, would account for really anything. Right. You wouldn't so, be able to predict anything. So Scully says Mulder is crazy, but this is the first Mulder moment. Yeah. That, that what Ellen's Air Base is doing isn't necessarily... It's not an alien flying these UFOs. No. It's Air Force pilots flying vehicles built with UFO technology. Right. Then we have a bombshell. Soon after this, Mulder and Scully receive a message from Mrs. Budahas that Robert has come home. Oh, boy. Amazing timing, right? Of course. Mulder (laughs) and Scully are there, and they're starting to kind of... Unravel this knot a little bit. Yeah. And here is Robert. Mulder and Scully arrive and are greeted by a visibly upset Mrs. Budahas, who leads them to her husband. She's like, that is not my husband. It is him, but it's not him. But yeah, that's not how he acts. That's not how he is. Well, because Robert is sitting quietly, putting together a model airplane, acting much like McLennan. Yep, with the lures. With the lures. So we're seeing similar behavior. It's like this pattern. Yeah. With these guys, they have these mental breaks and they get treatment, quote unquote. Right. Mrs. Budahas frantically claims this is not her husband, right? Mulder questions him, asks his birth date, the names of his kids, and asks him about his favorite sports team, which I guess is the Green Bay Packers. He's wearing a Packers sweatshirt. So Mulder's asking him all these things, and Robert answers each one correctly. But then Mulder, again, brilliant. So astute. He asks him a question about flight aerodynamics. And which, Robert, he should, which he should know backwards and forwards. Oh, yeah. He should know things about G-Force and all this stuff. He asks him a, a technical question about aerodynamics, and Robert, a decorated pilot, can't answer. In fact, not only can he not answer, 
he's shocked that he doesn't know the yeah, question. Yeah, he gets like panicked. He's yeah, like, he's oh, like, I no. don't know. He looks at his wife. He's like, I don't know. Molder moment number two. Yep. <laughs> as they leave the, the Buddha uncovering. Ho- yep. As they leave the Buddha Haas home and head to their car, Mulder adds to his hypothesis. Hypothesis number one: Ellen's airbase is testing planes built with UFO technology, or right. you know, aircraft built with UFO technology. Now he's adding to it. Robert and likely McLennan somehow had their brains rewired and yep. had certain memories removed. He asserts that this was done because Budahas and McLennan became security risks after their breaks. They're liabilities now, right? Of course, because, yes, they're flying this technology, but we, something happens because it's not ours. So and, whatever liability, you know, they right. they serve as, it's ooh, it's not good for the military. And not only that, Mulder explains why they're having these psychotic episodes. Mm-hmm. It's due to the fact that because they're human, they're physiologically incapable of right. operating aircraft that is alien technology. And it goes that fast, it'll explain the burns. That <laughs> is what I love about this. There's so much, you don't, what, I mean, we really don't know what the burns are from. no. We don't know how it happened. We no. don't know what specifically went wrong. No. But we but I love that it leaves so much to assume and to think about. Right. All Mulder knows is that these guys are having psychotic breaks because they're physiologically incapable of operating alien technology yep. and flying them at, at such incredible speeds. Right. So the burns and all that just really leaves questions that really aren't answered. Right. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. The depth of that went into this, I just think it just creates such a powerful mystery. That's why I oh, love yeah. this show, you know. As they're driving, they're pulled over. They're, they're talking about this. You know, they've left right. the Budahas home in there, and, you know, Mulder's giving, he's having his second Mulder moment in the car. <laughs> right. As they're driving, they're pulled over by two cars and are accosted by a group of unknown men in suits. They really remind me of the men in black. They do. Yeah, they're, totally. They're wearing aviators, and they're in black suits. Oh, yeah. Not as cool as Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. No, never. They're actually jerks, <laughs> right? Not as not as uh, not as cool and entertaining, right? They take Mulder's files and kind of rifle through them. They take his camera. Remember, he was out taking ca- oh, uh, pictures. I know that made me so upset. And they, um, one of them, it's like spiteful. He's like holds up and goes and just pulls. I pulls the it th- out. Oh, yeah, God, exposing it, jerk. ruining it. Yeah. Mulder and Scully are threatened and reminded that this is a matter of national security, and they are escorted back to their hotel. Scully attempts to report the vehicles that pulled them over, and guess what? No, no plates. Nope, unregistered cars. Yep. Mulder now realizes that the military knew they were coming, and he confides to Scully about meeting the strange man. Finally. He's like, you know what? I was told not to do this, and, you know, also my phone was tapped, so, you know. (laughs) By the way, all these things I didn't tell you. BT dubs, little details that are kind of a big deal. Right, he straight up tells Scully that the military must be hiding this this UFO or or some kind of alien technology at the base, yeah. and that this whole thing's a, conspir- a conspiracy to keep it a secret, even to the point even to the point of sacrificing lives and minds of test pilots. Scully desperately tries to reassert her claim that this is experimental aircraft and that was made from our own technology. So she's saying, "Of course, I agree that this is experimental, but it's ours. But it's our technology." And Mulder's like, nope. And she, and she says, and now that Robert is home, weird or not, yeah. the case has been closed. She goes, we have no, our missing person has been found, Mulder. Yeah. Mulder's like, okay, you're right. I'll go pack. <laughs> and then we Famous hear the- Famous last yeah, words. Then, then we hear the car pull out. And she's like, God. Yeah, Mulder gets pretty reckless here. 
He that I think that is his biggest flaw. Oh uh, yeah, is that he is. It's not that he's wrong, but his, his his passions overtake his reason. In this moment, definitely. I don't know how he thought this was going to work out. Well. I know, and the and, and it and this one doesn't work out for him. No, actually. it doesn't work out. No, he goes back to the base. He gets the two stoners, and they they guide him to where they saw the UFOs. And Mulder goes through the fence and travels to the base. Like they're like, "Hey, uh, what? Uh, they're like, wait a minute. We, we just thought you wanted to like look or something. Yeah, no, yeah. he goes." And travels miles into the base. In fact, he hides in this tall grass for hours. I know, like a whole day. The, I'm telling you. What was he doing? He makes uh, when night falls. He's he makes so intense. He finds a runway where he sees the yellow base. So this kid, you know, again, you know, very important information comes from the most unlikely places in the X Files. You know? Right, of so course, as usual. <laughs> he sees the yellow base, and then something extraordinary happens: a triangular aircraft with lights along the bottom approaches very rapidly and yep. hovers over Mulder, shines a bright spotlight on him. This is a very iconic image, by the way, next yes. to the, the image of Mulder silhouetted with the light around him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had this poster in my room. Of course you did. Yeah. The aircraft is silent. Again, shines a light, light on him and then zooms away at breakneck speed. Mulder is then immediately overtaken yep. by base security. Yep. I mean, like 20 guys come out out of yep. the woodwork. They force him onto a gurney and take him away in a paddy that's wagon. That's never good. Yeah. And he's sedated. He's strapped down and they, they give him something that knocks yeah. him out. Meanwhile, Scully is like, what is going on? Right. She's looking for Mulder when suddenly the phones in the hotel stop working. God, it's so scary. And then we go back. So now we're having like kind of like a back and forth. Uh, it's like a parallel scene here. Yeah. Because uh, we go back to Mulder. He's being wheeled through what appears to be a, a hangar. Yeah. And he's sedated, so so we we, we kind of it's hazy, mm-hmm. but we're able to see images of soldiers, uh, men working on scaffolds, and particularly behind a translucent curtain, a triangular shaped uh, uh-huh. aircraft. At yeah. last, back at the hotel, Scully is surprised to see the reporter, our sweet, nice, jovial Mister Mister Mosinger, hmm. coming out of her hotel room like she she's using the phone in the office. Because hers isn't working. Right. So she comes back to her room, and this guy's coming out of her room. He goes, hey, uh, yeah, the door's open. Uh, you know, I just thought I'd yeah. see what's going on. She checks her waist for a weapon, which she left in the room. Mosinger seems nice and amiable, but when Scully hears a walkie-talkie go off in his car, she just, she has, a, mm-hmm, she you know, knows. again, she's smart too. Right. So she runs inside of his car and locks herself in, searching his glove box and finds that Mosinger is not a reporter. Absolutely not. He is Ellen's airbase security. And with that secure uh, with that name tag is a pistol. And immediately the window is busted open. It's Mosinger trying to get in with a fire extinguisher. Sheesh. Scully is no Girl Scout. Nope. Oh no. No, I mean like I think she would whoop Mulder in a fight. Oh, for sure. She fends this guy off and holds him at gunpoint and is not playing around. Oh no. At this point, Not my t- Scully. our stoner teen show up, Seth Green, <laughs> telling Scully that they last saw Mulder on the airbase. So Scully forces Mo- Mosinger to locate Mulder because she knows he knows where he's oh, at. Of course. And threatens to blow the roof off. She's like, if you don't tell me where he's at, everybody's going to know what's going on here in Ellen's yep. airbase. Air so Mosinger uh, takes Scully to the entrance of the base. Meanwhile, Mulder's undergoing some operation. Uh, yeah. 
we don't quite know what's happening here to Mulder. But Scully is, is help is on the way. Help is on the way. Right, yeah. If Scully could, yeah. Insert, insert Mrs. Doubtfire Jeff. <laughs> she is not having help it, man. Help is on the way. She is not playing with this dude. No. Mosinger takes Scully to the entrance of the base, and after sitting there for some time, a military jeep arrives from the base, and a haggard and confused Mulder oh. stumbles out. Like he does. He, I was legitimately sad when I no, saw. He Mulder. looks like he doesn't even know where or when he's at. Like no, he looks completely confused. Scully orders Mosinger out and exchanges him for Mulder. Mulder appears to not know what's going on. As I said, as he returns to the base, Mosinger turns. And gives an ominous statement to Mulder and Scully. I just want to say, everything you've seen here is equal to the protection we give it. It's mm. you who have acted inappropriately. Right? Right. In other words, basically, the most we could ever get from this guy is that there's some there's some major league stuff going on yes. in here. And that's why... That's why we're, we've taken the drastic measures we've taken. Right. To, to keep you away from it. As they drive back, Mulder expressed that he has no recollection of how he got on the base. So everything he saw, everything that we saw, we know. Yeah, we saw it. We, the omniscient audience, know Mm -hmm. that Mulder was right. His theories were all right. But he has no recollection. recklessness, alas. Somehow, uh, not only do they have UFO technology, they have some kind of medical technology where they can re- selectively remove memories. This is incredible. Yeah, that's not like a normal thing. No. You can't, I mean, brain surgery is, is whew, it's rough at best. But to be able to move, remove selective memories, that's Right. That's so intense. so th- this is, th- what they're dealing with is so beyond, they return to the Budahas home trying to get some kind of closure Right, because this is completely open-ended. Now, remember, last time we saw Mrs. Budahas, she was Team Mulder and Scully, like, help me figure out what the heck's going on. Yeah. Mrs. Budahas has changed her tone. Yeah. She opens the door. She does not let Mulder and Scully in. And she claims Robert is doing better. And we know they, got to, they got to her. Yeah, of course. Mulder's angered. Scully was like, we know... N- no more now than what we than what we did before we got here. Right, and all that's happened is that we've gotten roughed up along the like, way. Like she shuts Mulder down. Like in that moment, it was like Mulder was like a little kid, and she was yeah. like his mom. Yeah. She was like, "We're done. Enough. We're going home." Yeah, and you really do feel for Mulder. I mean, he's absolutely like out of sorts in this moment, and and you feel horrible for him because he he was he had it. I know he, he was saw on the verge it. of it. Back at FBI headquarters, Scully is writing her report. Having to report the fact, she concludes that Robert Budahas returned home and has no recollection of what happened during his disappearance. She further reports that Mulder's theory about Budahas's condition and disappearance related to piloting planes with UFO technology is also inconclusive. Yeah. However, Scully does include in her report, and this is what I thought was really kind of cool of Scully. Yeah. She does include in her report that she witnessed two UFOs in the sky at Ellen's Air Base, and she could not explain their nature or design, and she declares the case closed and gives one last glance at the UFO photo from the diner. (laughs) I feel like if Scully is this, like, if her refusal to believe is this... um, this black shroud, I feel like a tiny pinhole got Yeah. Just a mm-hmm. tiny one. And it's only episode two. <laughs> but it's tiny. It's not been ripped yeah, open. Yeah, no, but. no, no, no. 
The veil's not been torn. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mulder is, seems to be much better. He's out for a run, and he's approached by the strange man we met from the restaurant. This is the man known as Deep Throat. Right. He's the titular character of this episode, which is interesting. He doesn't he doesn't introduce himself as Deep Throat in this episode. No. But this is that's what he's known as. He's right. Deep Throat. He tells Mulder that he's seen too much, and that his life is in danger. And he tells Mulder he can help him find the truth. Right. But, you know, Mulder's kind of, he's got to calm down, essentially. <laughs> Mulder laments that what he saw has been taken from him and he can't remember. Yeah. You know, and Deep Throat flat out actually tells him, he says, a military UFO. Like mm -hmm. Deep Throat tells him, this is what you saw. Like, I know what you saw. I mean, yeah, I'm but aware. It's not, that's not enough for Mulder. No. We know what Mulder wants. He wants to see, he wants to feel it, he wants to touch it. It's got, he's got to see it, the truth. Yeah. Mulder asks, they're here, aren't they? Referring to alien life forms, we can assume. Deep Throat answers Mr. Mulder. They've been here for a long, long time. And walks away. Leaving Mulder with verbal... Uh. Yeah. Leaving Mulder with verbal acknowledgement of the truth, but still with no tangible evidence or assurance, of course. If anything, it just makes him more hungry. And we don't know if we can even trust this new informant, right? No, we don't. No, there's really nothing to suggest that he is a force for good. Right. And so wraps up episode two of The X-Files, season one, Deep Throat. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. So yes, it's one of those things like if I asked you right now, Brooke, like, okay, well, what do you think happened? I mean, we saw it all. Right. Right. Well, the, and that's and that's where that's why the X-Files is so it's so interesting is because the we as the audience will all will always see more right. than our hero and our heroine will. Yeah. And the joy of the show is watching them struggle to get to the heart of the issues. Yeah. We, and then what, and then the blocks that are placed in their way. That's the amazing thing. It's like, we know the truth. So, yeah, so story. it's so frustrating because we are rooting for them mm -hmm. and we watch them struggle against all these issues. Right. So that's 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 the fun of the show. I think what, me. I think uh, also what I thought was really great is even just in the second episode, when Mulder was in peril, Scully, you know. Yeah, she went mama I bear. Mean, yeah. It was really, I mean, this early on. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, it's, I mean, it's their second outing, really. And I, I don't think this just speaks to Scully's uh, care for Mulder, which I believe is very, very oh, yeah. apparent. I think this is just Scully. Yeah. I think she doesn't realize, maybe she doesn't realize, it, I don't know. She is like a warrior. I mean, really? Yeah, she is a force to be reckoned with. No, and we're going to see this more, but I mean, to see it that early, because I, I, you know, it had been years since I'd seen the show, but man, like, she just really pulled out all the stops and was like, she, she was like, would, I will end you. Yeah, that most like, guy, this freaking is freaking cut you. Let me tell you something that the, these guys that work military security, there's no telling what that guy Mosinger's history was. He had to have probably had like, you know. Previous military experience, probably combat experience. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I don't think he was just some pen pusher. Well, you don't put people in those positions that can't hold their own. And Scully was jerking this dude around. I know, man. She's freaking amazing. Right. So I, I just think that. And she's so tiny. Like, she's so short and little, yeah. but she just packs a freaking punch. Yeah, just a real heroine in this episode. Love she was. Her. You know, she is throughout the show, but man, to see her get that aggressive. Yeah, there's just... no such thing as a damsel in distress in this show. No. Not when it comes to, not when it comes to Scully, at the very least. Which I very much appreciate. Well, I can definitely assure you guys that we will be back in the X Files very soon. Yes, we're Sooner having way too much fun. No, with it. this has been great. I mean, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna hate leaving this, but we have some exciting stuff for next week. We're gonna have 
our good buddy from Washington State, tape store employee, tape store shift leader. <laughs> yes, I'm. I am gonna have us. Uh, Jeff Darden. We're having Jeff Yay, back. We're having Jeff. Jeff back to talk about something really, really cool, and we'll, we'll we're gonna keep that a secret. So, but, but <laughs> we are so excited. And we're going to have Jeff back next week to have a really cool episode. And then the week after, we got another really cool episode. So we actually... Uh, we've we, got a lot of fun stuff coming up We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. In the but, next few weeks. But um, I am already jonesing to get back into the X-Files. I know. But it's bad. Until then, we're going to shut down the tape store. We want to thank you for your listening. Yes, thanks so much, you guys. For your listening. For your listening. I'm going to keep that in. Listen, I'm not we're tired. I know. We're back to school. It's pretty late. Yeah. And also, I would just like to throw this in. We are recording this episode on Toby's birthday. Uh, yeah, thank you. So. Happy birthday happy to me. Happy birthday I, to I, I, Toby. I'm hanging out. Do you with... want me to tell your age or no? Go ahead. He is the big four zero. Yep. Thank you. 90s kid extraordinaire made in 1980. Yep. And, so, uh, I love you and I happy could, birthday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm with my favorite person and we're talking about the X-Files. It's just, you Life know. couldn't be better. Nope. But uh, we are happy that you have spent this time with us as well. Uh, you know, just again, we're just a little podcast having a good time. And if if for anyone who comes along, you know, and, and spends the time with us, we just greatly appreciate and covet your time. And, and we, we do cherish that. I mean, I'm not trying yes. to sound sappy. but No, we really, I mean, it, it means so much to us. Yeah. So if you appreciate us, we, we so appreciate you right back at you. Thank you so much. We've had a great time tonight. We wish you all well, and we hope you come back to the Tape Store next week for more great 80s and 90s nostalgia. Follow us on Instagram, the Tape Store, Twitter, the Tape Store Pod. We're on many platforms. If you like what you hear, leave a rating, the usual thing we say. Yep. You know, <laughs> it just lets us know that you like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's helpful. When we're having a rainy day, sometimes we'll read those ratings and it, and it you know, it, it gives us drive to keep doing it, you know? Absolutely. So thank you guys. We appreciate all of our tape. I hope store. you're being kind to one another and taking care of each other. All right, guys. Uh, we're gonna shut it down, and we will see you next time. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. The truth is out there. We want to believe. Mm-hmm.